Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey, 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 happy Thursday, everybody. You just about survived a whole week, especially me. I'm... I wish I was still on vacation. I had so much fun last week. Can't even imagine, man. It was just crazy. Filming, that was a new experience for me. Was too. I'm used to going out live with this show and doing stuff for this show, but not used to going out live like that to thousands of people just hand-holding my phone. You know, that, that, that was an experience to behold. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour, and I'm also the owner of the California Haunts paranormal investigation team based out of sacramento california we're 45 strong and our team members are spread up and down the state that's because i want to help you if you if you got a paranormal thing going on in california we can get to you it might take us a couple hours because california is a big state but we do have people within range also we have affiliate teams in hawaii oregon washington and nevada so if you need any help Best way to find us is Facebook. Uh, you just type in California Haunts and you'll get multiple pages. Uh, there's a California Haunts radio page, California Haunts ghostly events, California Haunts team, California Haunts. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. Uh, you want to find us over on Instagram. That's my, that's my account at ghostygal. It's, that's all lowercase. You want to find us on TikTok. For you guys that are coming over from TikTok to watch the show, that is California Haunts and it's all lowercase. And, of course, we're on Twitter under Cal Haunts. So uh, that, that's how you find us. We're everywhere. I think I might have forgotten some of senility. Anyway, I want to welcome you all tonight. We've got a great guest, and uh, I've been wanting to get this lady on for a while because I'm, like everybody else, I'm fascinated with these stories of, of, of like, buildings and stuff on the moon that are hidden down on the dark side of the moon and things like that. So my guest tonight, Constance Victoria Briggs, has has a book on the topic. Uh, not so much that, but extra ancient extraterrestrials and the moon so it's kind of all linked together so i'm real excited to have her on tonight if you're watching from youtube please be sure to hit that like button and if you haven't done so already there's that little guy in the bottom right hand corner over there the ghost with the magnifying glass and the sherlock holmes hat and uh, please uh, click on him and that'll get you the subscribe if you haven't done that already okay we've got more than 520 shows over there that we put down to bed that we put to bed and i think you're going to find something that you like. I'm a journalist. I'm a photojournalist. I don't like to always stick with scary topics and paranormal stuff. I like to vary. So I will talk about spousal abuse. I'll talk about different crimes and things like that. So I think there's something over there for everybody to watch. If you're watching from Facebook and you haven't done so already, hit that like button, hit that follow button. Uh, the more the merrier. You know. Anyway, now that that's all done, that mouthful is done, I think I covered everything. Uh, I can't wait to have Constance on, so I'm going to bring her in, and she can tell you about herself better than I can. At least it's a name I can't screw up, right? Constance Victoria Briggs, <laughs> like everything else. Anyway, here we go. I'm going to bring her in, and uh, let's get this show on the road. Hello. Hello, Charlotte. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing pretty good, thanks. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. I'm real excited to get you on. It's a topic that I'm really interested in. Good, good. We've uh, been trying to do this for a while. Life keeps getting in the way. Yep, yep, yep. So tell me about you. 
Okay, so, you know, uh, my story is a little bit interesting. I'll make it a, a long story really short. I, um, I have uh, always been interested in meta metaphysical topics, and I started out writing on things like angels and spirituality and God. And, um, you know, it, it kind of uh, led me to some interesting stories coming across my desk. You know, Charlotte, when you're in this kind of uh, uh, fringe, what they call fringe field, I don't really think it's fringe, you see a lot of things. And so I always, in addition to my metaphysical life, I had a, a curiosity as to whether or not we are alone in the universe. And I also have a love for anything sci-fi and cosmic. So um, I had this one story, uh, this one book uh, that I stumbled upon in uh, researching a, another book, and it was titled uh, the, uh, Myst Our Mysterious Moon by a ufologist named Don Wilson. Mm -hmm. And um, being the Star Trekkie that I am, you know, it looked really interesting. You know, oh, if there's a book about the moon. There's something going on with the moon. I wonder what that could be about. Mm -hmm. Well, little did I know that that book would introduce me to a topic that would, you know, just open up a lot of interesting information about Earth's closest planetary neighbor. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's, that's, that was my, how I got interested in the moon. It was through that one little book. And, um, but it, you know, like I said, it fed my, my passion to uh, the, the topic of life in outer space, you know, UFOs, you know, I'm, I'm a person that have always believed they're out there. I've seen one. And so anyway, so I decided once I came across this book, I read it and I was shocked at the information. And I decided after reading it, you know, that people need to know about this stuff. So what has happened, you know, is um, basically there was a lot of information that came out in the 60s and 70s that people have forgotten about or they're too young to have heard about or they weren't paying attention. Mm -hmm. So my research has followed, has gone from basically what I was learning from the 60s all the way to today of things going on with the moon. And actually, I can even say that the research uh, stems, even though uh, Our Mysterious Moon was written in the 70s, the research by NASA, they had done research from the 1600s, which I will tell you about. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, I've read stuff online and different things about there, you know, being civilizations that 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 went at one time around the moon. I mean, what, what what's the background and truth in any of that? Yeah. So, um, huh. basically, if I can just say that, um, that's going to be the be news to some people because some people don't believe it and they've never heard that information, Charlotte. Some people have never heard that there were structures on the moon and a civilization on the moon. But leading into answering your question, I just want to say that all of us were taught as kids that the, the moon is dead. There's nothing going on with the moon. There could be no civilization because there's it's too hot, you know, and then it's too cold at night. It's too hot in the day, which, of course, the day is last, you know, several, several days and the night lasts several, several, several days as well. So we've been taught that nothing could be going on up there. And Charlotte, I just like to say before answering that question, sure. that, that they that the scientists 
still do not have an answer as to where the moon came from. So this kind of leads all up into the civilization kind of thing. They don't uh, topic. They don't know where the moon came from. So if if there are people out there that think they they, they know uh, NASA's uh, website, the latest thing they have is what we call the uh, giant impact theory, where they believe that the moon. Uh, well, they're saying that they kind of believe it, but not really sure that the moon was smacked into the uh, smacked into the Earth, mm -hmm. and that uh, you know the uh, parts of Earth spewed out into outer space, and you know informed the moon from this big uh, planet hitting it. The planet they are saying was named Thea, and it was the size of Mars, and it hit the Earth, and that's how the moon was was formed. Uh, they call it the giant impact theory. That's what the latest um, and greatest theory. But even on, on the NASA website, they're saying, well, we think maybe that's how it came to be. They're not committed. I grew up thinking that the moon was captured in Earth's gravity, and that's how it got here, was an asteroid or something that was captured. They discounted that, and there were three others that they discounted. So I just want to say they don't know where the moon came from. All right? Okay. So leading up to to answer your question there are um stories this has really excited me there are stories in our background that maybe some people have heard about that were written by um philosophers and ancient philosophers and writers um, who talked about a time when there was no moon in the sky all right they said that venus was the only thing and well venus venus shined the brightest in the sky at night. So there was a time that they were saying there was no moon in the sky. All right. So there are ancient stories that talk about uh, the moon coming in to Earth. Okay, I'm still getting to your civilization, your <laughs> civilization question. All right. It's a long winded answer. No um, oh, good. <laughs> so, um, so there are, there are stories from different cultures that back up what the philosophers were saying about a time. There was a time where people were ran free in, in Greece's history. It talks about the Arcadians. Uh, these were wild people where you would expect them to be. They lived before the Sumerians, the Egyptians. They lived before Mesopotamia. They lived before the worship of Jupiter. So it goes way back in our history. That they said this, but if, if you come forward, you'll see that there's um, there's a tale out of uh, Bolivia, a, uh, a sun gate in Bolivia, mm -hmm. that talks about a time when the moon came in. It's uh, written in symbols, and uh, it says that when the moon came in, there were storms on the earth and earthquakes, and it created chaos and havoc. All right, and this thing is still standing today. You can you know, be a tourist and go see it. Mm -hmm. They thought that this, 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 it's a sun gate. Um, so it's a monolith with a doorway. And around the doorway is this writing talking about the moon. And it is believed that this monolith was a part of an observatory in ancient times. And so they kept records of this. Of this. And so they're saying that this moon, our moon wasn't always there and it came in. Um, so if you, you know, move up through history, and you look at some of the things that were discovered have been discovered up there 
and I'll go to the structures now. Sure. Um, so we've seen, you know, the, um, I know that some people don't believe that, you know, we went to the moon, but I do. So I talk about the things that uh, have been found up there. So the lunar orbiter, lunar orbiters that were sent up by NASA, um, took pictures of things that look, things that look like pyramids, mm -hmm. um, buildings that have been blown apart, ancient buildings, I should say, that um, with columns um, that look like they were blown apart and they're in pieces. But there are some structures up there that are completely intact, like there are some monoliths mm -hmm. that um, they, they call, call those the Blair Cuspids. Those are very famous. Um, there's uh, things like bridges up there, uh, partial walls up there, all kinds of things that look as though there was a civilization at one time on the moon, all right? So, you know, we can only imagine that if the moon wasn't there, always there, maybe there was a civilization somewhere else, you know, out there on, on the moon. And uh, the theory is that the moon may have been um, you know, that spaceship moon theory, that the moon is a structure that was created perhaps to be used, have been used as a Noah's Ark for a planet or a civilization that was dying out there and needed to escape. And they, um, they, 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 uh, they, you know, created the moon to live in. And I guess maybe at some point they were on it. We don't know if, if those structures are since they came to be in Earth's uh, uh, orbit, which I kind of think they were. Um, my, my, my personal theory is that this thing was created uh, and hollowed, it was a hollowed out planetoid mm -hmm. that served as a Noah's Ark for a civilization and it was sent across the universe and it came to be in Earth's orbit. Um, so yeah, that is uh, part of my answer. I have more to that, but I don't want to do all the talking. So. Right, right, right. So I've heard stories. I, I had a gentleman on here who uh, claimed that he was t taken by aliens in his teens and trained on the moon, on the dark side of the moon, and then transferred to some other planet. Do you know anything about any of that? So that would be, I guess, something about the secret space program. Right, I don't right. know a whole lot about it. Sure. I don't know if I, if I, what I, how I'm feeling about that. Right. Um, now, as far as being taken up there, I mean, we have stories that there are bases mm -hmm. on, of course, we've all heard the story that there are bases up there on the, on the dark side. Um, you know, one, on one of the Apollo missions, um, they went around to the first time they went, orbited the moon and went all the way around the back. They were out of touch with mission control for an hour. And when they were back there, they picked up some strange noises that they, they call them mu uh, music you know, space music or whatever, but they were really strange static and things they shouldn't have been hearing back mm -hmm. there. And, you know, you have to wonder where was that coming from? Was there, was there some kind of base out back there? Was it an alien base? Was there a base back there from the secret space program? Who knows? Right. But, you know, something is going on. But I don't know much about a, okay. the whole yeah. abduction thing. And yeah, or, no problem, no problem. Or, or for them. 
Well, let's talk about your studies. I mean, when you started to look into this stuff, was it easy to find the information that, that, that you were looking for or, or was it kind of hard where, where you had to pick here, pick here, pick there, pick there? So when it came, so I've written two books. So when it came to the Moon Mysteries book, that book was, um, it, it, it took a year to write it. Was it easy? No. Did I have to pick and, and find things? Uh, that was the Moon Mysteries book. Yes. Um, it, it was a lot of information. And yeah, I, I had to go searching. Um, that book was designed from A to Z so that people could quickly go in and look up mysteries of the moon of, you know, what's going on up there. And then the moon's galactic history came along because people wanted something uh, deeper and they wanted to hear my voice and they wanted to hear the voice of other experts. So I have a lot of people, uh, in, in the book that, you know, uh, I quoted and, um, you know, gave information about, but yeah, it, it took some digging. For, for for the moon, moon's galactic history. And it was a whole lot of fun to write, I, I have to say, as serious as it is, I enjoy doing it. What have you found out, you know, in, in, in the research that you've done, what is the most significant thing that, that you have found out? That, um, wow, <laughs> that we didn't get very far in our space travel mm-hmm. adventure before we bumped into someone out there, mm-hmm. all right? all of the Apollo missions were followed by UFOs or strange lights. So, you know, that tells me, A, we're not alone in the universe, mm-hmm. and B, they're really close, and they have been this whole time, and we didn't know it. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the most significant thing. I think it proves to me, at least, that with all the strange things going on with the moon, and I haven't even talked about those yet, sure. that we're not, it proves that we're not alone in the universe. Well, when we talk about these, uh, space, our own spacecraft being followed, I, I know there's a video out there of one of the astronauts who shot, you know, video footage of something out there. Yeah. So there's, um, gosh, there are actually are a lot of pictures that were shot by the astronauts. And um, so I'm not sure which one you are referring to. Right. But... Um, so, you know, the astronauts have, oh gosh, they have pictures of, you know, like things that look like probes working around them. There are some blue, strange blue lights that were appearing on a couple of the missions in the sky and next to them. And they look like they may have been probes. Um, there were lights that you can see above the astronauts while they were on the surface. Uh, they have, you know, pictures of pyramids uh, things that look like uh, uh, someone was excavating on the moon. Mm-hmm. There are, are pictures of what they kept, and they talked about them, like in NASA, in transcripts, if you go and look at those transcripts, you can read some of the dialogue, and I have dialogue in both of my books, where they were looking at things like, oh, that looks like a crystal structure, or oh, those look, that's, those are lighted domes. Where's that light coming from? Mm-hmm. Lighted domes. Oh, I bet if someone is down there, you know, they, 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 what are those campfires? Look like campfires. Are people using them for camp, campfires? Those are not direct quotes, but words for that effect. Right, right. Um, they, they talked, they were talking about in some of the transcripts, some things that they saw. You have to remember that um, on all of the missions that went up, they were, everything was recorded. Mm-hmm. So you can just go and, and look at this stuff. It isn't, it isn't hidden, you know. Uh, we hear that some of the pictures were destroyed, but uh, that's not true of everything. Um, 
So yeah, and there was, you might be referring to a video that came out of what we refer to as the Apollo 20 hoax. I don't know if that's what you're talking about. Yeah, that was astounding, right? Right. Because if you look at that, so the 20, Apollo 20 never, uh, you know, according to what we know, it never occurred. We went up to Apollo 17. There was uh, plans for 18, 19, and 20. They said that never happened, that they were cut short. But and a gentleman named, I think it was William Rutledge out of, he was an astronaut, he says, uh, uploaded a few years back some video that he says he went up in a secret mission sent out by NASA and Russia on a collaboration. And that they took, they took all this video of um, the ship that they were in. They went to look for and then they entered. They uh, have video of um, an alien girl and they have video of the inside the ship and they had video of a city on the moon. <laughs> and if you look at this stuff and you can just go on Google and look on it up at, look for it. Uh, it looks really, really authentic. Even the space shuttle that they were in, they took footage of. And I tell you, I mean, whoever, if this was a hoax, whoever put this thing together had to spend a lot of money because they had to have access to a, space, to a space shuttle. And then they had to, you know, put Apollo 20 logos everywhere. <laughs> and it, it's just bizarre. So maybe that's what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah. That, that was really some bizarre stuff. So when we talk about weird things on the moon, let's see if we can talk about some of that. All right. So I'd like to um, start with uh, what what is referred to as transient lunar phenomena. Okay. All right. Um, some of, sometimes it's referred to as lunar transient phenomena. This is uh, the strange lights and objects that have been seen moving across the moon since the 1600s, all right? So our astronomer, our astronomers going back to the time of the telescope being created uh, have seen uh, lights on the moon. And when I say lights, I don't just mean a light here and there. I mean, a, like a different kinds of lights, tons of them, different colors, different sizes, they see them from anywhere for a few, from a few minutes to a few hours. They've seen them in craters. They've seen them moving across the surface. They have even seen them during lunar eclipse. And at that time, in those early days, I don't think that they were thinking space flight, you know? So they just, they just referred to them as lights. Today, we refer to those lights as UFOs. So they were seeing, I don't know, let's just, for example, say a red light in one of the craters sitting there, and then it would move and come out of the crater. They said, oh, I saw a strange light. But today we would say that's a UFO, all right? So these things have been seen since the 1600s moving forward. And they were so prominent that NASA, before NASA sent any men to the moon, they did a study, they did three studies, and one of the studies uh, is titled, the. Uh, they put it in the uh, NASA Lunar Technical Report. So they created this report that it was classified at the time that put all of the astronomers from that way period way back to today of what they saw, how long they saw it, the days and the times that they saw it, 
And what, and some of them said they saw lights. Some said they saw fog and mist. Some, uh, one of the um, astronomers reported seeing, uh, I'm not sure that's in the, I may be getting that a little confused, but there was an astronomer who talked about seeing what he thought were insects, a flock, like a flock of birds or insects moving across the moon. And um, he talked about, I can't remember if that's in the technical report, but the report does. So I guess my point is um, NASA, there were so many things going on that NASA commissioned reports before the astronauts went up. Mm -hmm. And it's my opinion that they knew, of course, there was something going on with the moon. They may have even known that there were extraterrestrials on the moon, but they weren't talking about it. Mm -hmm. All right, because they've got, I mean, this is, guys, this is the report. You can get this little thing on Amazon. I don't mind showing people. It's like $5 declassified. I've hear, I've heard that, the, you know, they kind of regret declassifying this report now. But anyway, mm -hmm. so that's one of the things going on with the moon. Even to today, there's still, uh, we're still see seeing strange lights that can't be explained. But with the cameras, that we have, people are now re referring to them as UFOs. They're seeing UFOs flying around the moon. And I've seen some of this video and sometimes they're, they're like these little, these black objects um, moving around. Some of them look like they're coming out, out of the moon, which uh, goes back to um, the possibility that there is still a civilization on the moon, which I would love to talk about a little bit more, Charlotte. Sure, absolutely. Um, so, and oh, fleet what looks like fleets of ufos leaving the moon and we can only ask ourselves what are they or what where are they coming from no not where are they coming from coming from where are they going when you see a something that looks like fleet a fleet of ufos using leaving the moon are they coming to earth that's my question and i asked someone recently do you think they're the uaps and they said no because there's so many theories about these UAPs that the government's talking about. Some are saying that they may be biological entities that live in our in Earth's atmosphere. Some of them are saying they're coming from a different country. Some of them are saying the UAPs are UFOs that are extraterrestrial. So they don't know. But I wonder <laughs> if the UAP, those UAPs are coming from the moon. Because when you're seeing UFOs leaving, where are they going? And with all of the UFOs that we're seeing around Earth today, it is not a stretch to think that they're coming from, you know, this planetary body or this structure that is so close to us. Absolutely fascinating. Now let's talk about that. Uh, you know, you, you were talking about the that there's possibly still beings on the moon, right? Exactly. Yes. And this I find very exciting. Some people find it a little frightening. Some people say it's far fetched. But mm -hmm. if so, what we have learned in talking about the origin of the moon um, is that the scientists don't know if it's real. It looks like it's not a natural satellite. Mm -hmm. It's not only looking like it's a natu not natural that it didn't just, you know, come here or become a part of a part of earth that it was deliberately created and placed here that this thing is a is a structure and um going back to that spaceship moon theory um there were two and i'm going i'm going somewhere with this charlotte sometimes okay. you know long with it. it's all good so there was um so there was two there were two scientists that came forward um in the 1970s 
and they were uh, Russian. They were Soviet scientists. Uh, they worked for the Soviet. They worked for the government, and they had a lot to lose by putting this theory out there. But they did it anyway. So basically, and I'm going to try to make sure I have this quote here. Sure. Yeah. So these two scientists said they thought the moon is a spaceship. Maybe that's where Don Wilson got the title of the book. I don't know. All right. But these two Russian scientists said they looked at, this was in the 70s, they looked at the information that the NASA astronauts had brought back. One of it was that uh, the elements, the, the dirt, the rocks, or whatever it is, the dust <laughs> that they brought back from the moon didn't add up. The, that that what they were finding was that this they they found a lot of elements that were very hard uh, to come by um, things like titanium and zirconium and chrome I can't pronounce all these weird these scientific <laughs> words but they basically were saying that they think the moon is, moon is made up of elements that make it tough and <laughs> and hard to penetrate and that it looks like it was created to uh, be able to withstand heat, radiation, um, bombard, meteor bombardment, because they also looked at the, uh, the craters and they were saying that the craters, no matter how hard the moon was hit, that it didn't, they didn't put much of a dent in it. They mm -hmm. all seemed to be around two and a half miles deep. And that could come from, you know, some of the, 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 the moon dust on, on the moon out there too, that basically it's not penetrating whatever's underneath mm -hmm. that moon-like substance that's on the top. So they, they looked at that and, um, oh, and they were really excited about the idea of the moon might maybe being hollow. You see, um, we all have heard, I mean, even people who don't buy into any of this, we've all heard that the astronauts uh, sent their ascent stage, a part of their uh, vehicle, their, their spaceship, into the moon twice on two different missions, and that when they did, the moon reverberated. The term, term they used was that it rang like a bell, but it didn't really ring, it just shook from it being hit. And that should not have happened. And that is something that, that when it first happened, NASA astronauts, you know, I mean, scientists, people had to come out and do a press release about the whole Apollo 11 mission, Apollo, all the missions. They had to press a release. They had to make statements, a uh, uh, press conference. And they said, yeah, it reverberated. We don't know why it shouldn't have happened. It looked like it's hollow, but you know, that shouldn't be the case. So um, it looks like it is. So the Russian scientists looked at this thing and they said, you know what, it, 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 it looks like it's not real and there's something inside of it. And I, I'll read you their quote. Sure. And after, I want you to think about this as you're listening, because it, it sounds like there's, there were people inside of this, this thing. It says, it is more likely that what we have here is a very ancient spaceship the interior of which was filled with fuel for the engines, materials and appliances for repair work, navigation instruments, 
observation equipment and all manner of machinery. In other words, everything necessary to enable it to serve as a Noah's Ark of intelligence, perhaps even as a home of a whole civilization with a idea of a prolonged, perhaps thousands of millions of years existence and long wanderings through space. Now, that sounds like there could be someone in there. Sure. All right. And uh, of course, it could have just been computers, but that someone sent and they're monitoring. But this sounded like a lot more to the astronauts than that. And I'll tell mm -hmm. you, there is a tale out of Africa from the Zulu people who explained how the moon came to be. And they said they called the moon an egg. And they said it was hollowed out. This egg was hollowed out. It was, and it was sent millions of years ago across our, or, or millions of billions of years ago, across our universe and placed in Earth's orbit. Now, to me, that sounds like they're saying it was a planet, uh, uh, a hollowed out planetoid. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, and it was sent here. Why was it sent here? But it also sounds very much like the Soviets, um, what, what they were thinking. So what we could have here, Charlotte, just may be a civilization that's living inside that was escaping some kind of catastrophe. Mm -hmm. And they ended up here or came here on purpose. And we, they could still be there. Maybe at one point they, they were on top of, of, of the surface. We don't know what kind of capabilities extraterrestrials would have that could build a megastructure and send it across the universe. So when we say, you know, the scientists changed the science, basically, they said, because um, uh, in the 1600s moving forward, those astronomers were saying, you know, there's someone up there. We believe it, you know, it's populated. All right. It was scientific fact uh, in the early days of the, the telescope up until our scientists, modern scientists changed it and said, no, 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 it's too hot for anyone to be up there. It's too cold, you know, at night for anyone to be up there. But still, they've got things that look like structures. They've got movement. They've got lights. <laughs> and they have what looks like fleets of UFOs leaving. So it looks like someone's there, Charlotte. When you're doing your research, is, is all this stuff de uh, declassified now, or, or do you have to go through cer certain channels or know people to get this information? No, it's not. It's it's it's, it's not declassified. I mean, it's not classified. This, okay. this, you know, a lot of the stuff I'm talking about is right from NASA. All right, it's it's just that what happens is people don't care <laughs> or they don't know because all of these these people. Um, who were living during the time of the astronauts going up, you know, most of them have, have, have died off. Right. All right. And um, so the young people today don't know. And unless you're listening and following, there are people all over the place with, with um, telescopes that are reporting this information. All right. So it's not hard to find it. There's Google Earth now. And you can go look closer at the moon. And, you know, there's been a couple of people who found what looked like humanoids up there, all right? So it's not classified, but I think because people are not as interested, I don't think that, you know, the, the higher ups are that concerned because most people think it's, it's just myth, mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and what are they gonna do? I mean, they can't just hide it all. Mm -hmm. You know how, you know, everyone's looking at the moon now and, and people are finding stuff. 
Mm -hmm. So no, it's not classified, not 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 uh, anymore. But I will tell you that working for the space agency, I believe they do have to sign agreements to to not report or talk about things. They do now. Um, the uh, International Space Station uh, has. Uh, they come across UFOs and no, I don't hear any of them talking about it. You know, they're live. I, it, it amazes me that they're live and people right. see things. They see them, but those guys up there can't talk about it. So yeah, I don't think it's classified, but I don't think uh, uh, anyone's talking about it because they're just not aware. And I, I, I personally would love to see us because I'm a Trekkie. I would love to see us enter a space age uh, time in Earth's history, and, mm -hmm. and I, I think that it is important to keep conversations like this alive and going, and trying to figure out things out there. Absolutely. Now, and all the all the photos and stuff that, that that you've seen of the moon surface, which one sticks out most to you? The pyramids. Oh my God, the pyramids and the monoliths. That the, the monoliths. Um, we're literally they were we couldn't see them but they were these were shadows of i don't know seven monoliths together and they all look like the washington monument it's very interesting but then the pyramids you know and i'm going to tell you why this fascinates me and um because it looks like there was a connection to earth what you're seeing if you're looking at pyramids that look very much like the pyramids in giza mm -hmm. you know you have to ask was there something going on in ancient times? Because the uh, writings from India, the Sanskrit writings, talk about a time when, uh, and people think this is myth, it's not myth. They talk about a time where in Earth's past, we had the ability of flight. It said that the gods would build these machines and they could go back and forth. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, people were used to seeing flying machines back then. They go back and forth to the moon, I mean. And it says further than the moon. And so what's interesting about this is, uh, is that they were able to describe their spaceships in detail. And it talks about the power that they used to, to run these things. Mm -hmm. So if you had in ancient times stories of people uh, going to the moon around that 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 time of of you know Egyptian history and ancient Greece and ancient Rome, and then you're finding things that resemble it up there. You're wondering was was that because that was the architectural style of the day, and they were able to go up there and place you know structures on the moon, mm -hmm. and was the moon uh, you know it was there a time when it was here. That there you know could have been an atmosphere now you know what's weird is that we have uh contactees who claim to have gone to the moon and they they've seen they say oh that's not an atmosphere you were totally being lied to uh we did see plants up there there is color up there you know it's not like we have been told so uh, your question i think was um i forgot the question but anyway oh yeah that was my the most fascinating thing right. to me because it looks like we had a connection from ancient times. And uh, there was a, there's a gentleman named Mike Barra who did a lot of studying of the structures on the moon. And, you know, he, uh, he, he has uh, 
you know, led me to believe in, in some of the things that, you know, he talks about is that uh, there was possibly a, a war on the moon. He, I don't remember if he said war, but he said it looked like some things to him have been blown apart. So um, some of the um, meteorites, are, uh, some of the craters are not craters for meteorites. Some of them look like they are from nuclear blast, okay? Yeah, and there are places on Earth that long before we had nuclear uh, weaponry here, it looks like they had there had been a nuclear war, and it just you know you know it's all this is theory, but since we possibly had that time where we had the ability to fly, and we don't remember that part of history where we were advanced, and maybe a, a calamity came and destroyed it, and we had to start over again, but maybe there was a time where we could go back and forth and. Um, we did have maybe we had a war and like I was going to say a theory that there may have been a war either between the worlds because Mars is looking like it's got some things going on that looks like there was a war too was it a war between the three or were the three fighting uh some unknown foe out there but that is a connection and it's a mystery and it's unexplained but it's worth looking into because it looks like a time in earth history more than once we mankind has had to start again and we may have reached a point technologically according to the ancients where we could you know we had nuclear weaponry it looked like and we could fly well it makes sense because when you look back through history all the great civilizations disappeared you know yeah. you had the mayans you had the Ro the romans everything disappeared for some reason it's, it's like they got as far as they could with their technology and either they, they did themselves in or it just got to the point where they couldn't grow anymore and then and then you know everybody disappears yeah you know what's scary charlotte is did did they do themselves in or did someone do it then right absolutely absolutely did we reach a point and then someone has come back and boom start made a start again Mm -hmm. See, I, I think that we um, owe it to ourselves to investigate these things mm -hmm. and keep conversations going because I don't believe we're alone in the universe. I like, like I said, we didn't get very far before we ran into someone, which is why the moon is so important. And people should look into this themselves, do, their, do your own research and, you know, see what you find see what you think. Talk about it. The other thing I find interesting is, you know, there's a lot of reports, too, of people that have spoken have been abducted gotten taken and the aliens are telling them that you know that they're watching us to watch our technology because they don't want us to destroy ourselves this time right right so in um in the earth's galactic moon book i talk about some of those things uh -huh. i just gave you one of the theories of what the moon could be sure. um it's a lot in the book but one of them is that perhaps the moon has uh extraterrestrials extraterrestrials up there that are watching our progress and um, for, for two reasons maybe they have an interest in us uh, because they you know we're part of an original civilization and they're watching us because I tell you with all the stuff we don't have enough time to go into but with all the stuff that happened with the astronauts going up it looks like we were watched they knew they were coming all right um, the other thing is the possibility the moon has extraterrestrials that are Earth's protectors or guardians mm -hmm. in there. 
and they are, you know, and maybe this because because we did have a history of being attacked. Who knows? But that right. they may right. be uh, watching and uh, to see what we're going to do with nuclear weapons. Um, there are stories of extraterrestrials visiting uh, governments on Earth and saying that uh, they don't want us to use the nuclear weapons. They don't want us to kill all of life off on Earth. They won't let us do it. And they could be watching from the moon. So that is that is a theory, Charlotte. And also, uh, there's another idea that the moon may be a stopover point for extraterrestrials who are passing through. Sure. But, and, and maybe on their way to Earth, and they're stopping there for whatever reason, for fuel, for um, who knows, for meetings. That's been a, that's an interesting one. Um, some also, I, I, I use the term a duck blind, and I guess that goes along with just being watched, but a duck blind uh, being that we're, uh, a duck blind is when, you know, hunters go hunting, all right? Not that they're hunting us, but I'm just, I use that term because, you know, they, they make the, uh, a duck blind look like it's a part of the area so that the animals right so the moon may be covered with this moon substance to make it look like some kind of natural element mm -hmm. a natural planet natural body to us but we're really being watched for uh, any number of reasons and one of those is because it may be a point where extraterrestrials are not only reporting on uh, watching us and reporting but maybe other planets as well and other planetary bodies nearby as well, and reporting back to whomever, maybe the cedars, the cedars of the earth and the cedars of um, creation, or maybe possibly someone who may have done some terraforming, but that may be a place that's like um, a base for them to report back to another source and they're watching. Going back to your duck blinds, I have heard that from people I've interviewed about the aliens that live here on earth you know, the ones that are living underground, how they have the ability to mask their ships. So you, so we don't see them, or, or we see them as a helicopter, you know, like, like, like natural stuff that we're used to. So your, your theory about the duck, you know, that on the moon makes a lot of sense. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, what I find interesting as well is that whole hollow, uh, hollow moon theory. Um, because uh, the astronauts talked about uh, their, it seemed like there were, some of the craters were um, endless, they're bottomless, and um, that those would have been great places for ships to be coming and going from, you know, inside the moon. But also the fact that when we look at Mars today, Mars two moons, uh, they're saying that they're, they, they they think they may be hollow. And then of course, uh, we all know the, the stories of the hollow earth. Well, I don't know if everyone knows them, but I talk a little bit about the hollow earth in my, uh, my galactic history uh, mm -hmm. book because I've tied it in this whole thing together and that there may be uh, something about hollow earth, hollow moon, hollow uh, Phobos, um, that there could have been a whole extraterrestrial advanced race that put this all together. And there could be beings living on the inside of all of these, these planet, planetary bodies. And in fact, someone has suggested that, you know, finding structures on the moon would be, uh, you know, interesting because there's probably, but not finding the beings themselves because they're probably on the inside coming outside. And they were saying that we on earth are probably living inside out. 
that it's safer for earthlings to be living inside the, the earth than on the top because there's so many uh, dangers on top. And that, that was a, you know, right. a theory, but I find it fascinating, all these hollow planet theories, you know. Um, so I, uh, did you have a question? Because I can go on. <laughs> Go ahead, go on. I'm fascinated by all this. So um, one of my favorite stories is that of Gene Roddenberry, who's the creator of Star Trek. Mm -hmm. uh, have you ever heard anything about him, Charlotte? I'm a huge fan of his, yes. Oh, okay. So the, the, the story is that he was sitting in on channel sessions uh, about uh, channel sessions from extraterrestrials. Uh, advanced extraterrestrial beings he was sitting in and uh, these beings who um, have been said now I'm hearing that they are part of a galactic federation but um, these beings at that time were saying they were traveling the universe they were from different worlds and they were out there to help and the theory is that he was inspired to write Star Trek from those channeling sessions, all right? Now, in one of his, uh, in one of my favorite um, uh, uh, shows of his, For the Moon is Hollow and I Have Touched the Sky, I talk about it in my book, uh, he had an asteroid on there. He had written a script about an asteroid and it was a generational ship where the people in this asteroid had been uh, sent across the universe and they were on their way to a planet to make a new home because their planet was being destroyed. And they had been on that thing for thousands of years. And um, the Star Trek crew thought it was an asteroid on a collision course to, to one of their the Federation planets. And they beamed down to this thing. And lo and behold, they find structures on top of this asteroid. And then they went inside there was an elevator going down uh, and it was a hollow and it had a civilization inside. So I wonder it, what, how much Gene Roddenberry actually knew and how much he gleaned from those, because that's the same, same theory mm -hmm. as the moon and the earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did he know, did he know about it? He was a genius, that's for sure. Because a lot of the stuff that he came up with ended up becoming reality. And that's where, right. You know, he get that information from to do that i mean granted somebody has an imagination but some of the stuff that he came up with i mean we're, we're using now at the airport you know like like the body scanners and all this other stuff so i don't know i've heard a theory out there that some of these people that like gene roddenberry that are we're gonna say seers you know these, these people that write this stuff some of them um either have, have either been abducted by by aliens and they're being fed the information or they're star children See, you know, that I've been um, wondering that myself. I've been wanting to do the research because mm -hmm. on, on the writers and who they are mm -hmm. after he passed away, because I know Gene had a lot of information. Mm -hmm. But the people after that, the one, you know, did, yeah, it, it would make sense because uh, it's thought that Star Trek and a, and a number of other science fiction shows are a means of us being educated and prepared for first contact and disclosure absolutely so absolutely. yeah I, I think that's it i think that's a thing and it makes sense it makes sense that if you've got advanced beings watching us from the moon or from wherever they are 
and they eventually want us to move into what appears to be a galactic community out there. I don't believe if, if, if there are ETs on the moon, I don't believe it's just the moon. I believe they're all over the place. Mm -hmm. And they're, you know, we were a new species and they would like for us to join them and they're waiting for the masses to become aware, you know, that we're not alone, but they would be educating us slowly. And that would be a way of doing it, of our science fiction, you know, of, of reading books and, and who knows what else. And I do believe, honestly, that there are, and I know people think it's crazy, but I do believe there are extraterrestrials among us doing this work. And I call them the ground troops. Mm -hmm. I do believe some are born in, however that happens. But I believe some also have come in here and settled and are living here and working towards a uh, education process for the masses to finally understand that we're not alone in, in the universe. And that's why we're all doing this work, Charlotte, you yeah. and, 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 and me and others, we know we'd like to see the conversation move forward. Well, I agree with that. I mean, I, 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 my, my belief is that even on my block where I live, we probably, they've probably been here all, all this time. That way, when that does happen, and the introductions do happen when they come, we're already prepped. I mean, it's your, it's your neighbor across the street and you don't even know it, you know? Yes. It takes the sting out of it. Yes. And believe me, they're not going to walk up to you unless you're a part of a mission and, and introduce themselves. You know, they're not going to, to risk exposing themselves. You know, we are a still a warring planet. All right. Um, now, I do believe that uh, some are here and are veiled to who they are. And they are, some have awakened and they have their memories and they know they're on a mission. Some are still veiled, but they can feel it. Some are, you know, that they know that they're supposed to be here working towards this mission. I mean, it's, it gets to be very complicated, even mm -hmm. when it comes to, to life after death, all right? That some people, when they're, they're coming in, they're coming in from other planets for work or they're coming in from other planets for an experience or they're coming in from the moon even. Mm -hmm. And they can be born in. Now, how they, they're done, that's done, I don't know. Right. And then when they, you know, when they're, I call it the avatar, mm -hmm. uh, dies, then they are released and they go back to maybe their home planet, not necessarily back to source, but to a planet, you know, where they've been sleeping right. as they come into this life. You know, it's just very, it gets to be complicated. I didn't, mean to, sorry. I didn't mean to make it more complicated. No, sorry. that's okay. Do you think that we're ever going to get the truth about what's going on with the moon? I do. I think we're going to get it. I don't know that it will be through the Artemis missions. Uh -huh. Okay. I don't know that we can rely on any human facility to uh, give us the truth. I think it may come in other ways from other beings, perhaps, maybe at contact. Maybe if we ever do have some sort of government disclosure, maybe then, yeah. Um, but we'll have to wait on that and see. I think we'll get the answers. I think that there are are people, are beings out there that have the answers to everything we want to know, and eventually we will. But I don't know when that will be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you say to people, you know, about this? You know, if somebody's curious about, you know, what's going on on the moon, and maybe they don't quite believe. What, what do you say to those people? Do the research. Mm -hmm. Do the research. It's out there. It's there are all kinds of books, not just my books, uh, out there talking about extraterrestrials and, and talking. You know, my, you know, well, I'll go buy my books. But 
uh, you know, do the research, go to, go to the NASA website, go, you know, Google, Google, I don't know, simple things like moon, uh, blue lights on the moon, you'll get those pictures, they pop up. Um, but yeah, you've got to do your own thing or you're not gonna, you're just not gonna know, you know, that's mm -hmm. why I want to keep the, the conversation going. Do the research. What was the most compelling piece of uh, evidence or, or piece of your research that, 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 that kept you going in with this? You know, there is a story out there, and, and many people have heard it. I was really transfixed with the idea that um, the Apollo 11 astronauts had literally seen spaceships on the moon. All right, that story where they were on that medical line talking to them about it. Uh, they okay. So the story is, guys, for you who do not know, Apollo 11, the first mission at Armstrong and Aldrin, who landed on the moon, are said to have seen spaceships sitting on the edge of the crater, and they were freaked out, and they got on a secret medical channel, and they contacted Mission Control, and they were a nervous wreck, and they didn't know what to do. All right. So when I first heard that story, I thought, okay, that's that's a mystery. We don't know for sure. Maybe it you know, happened, maybe it didn't. But then I found out that a gentleman by the name of Christopher Kraft, who worked with the Apollo 11 astronauts, who is called the father of mission control, came forward and said, yes, they did see those. They did see, uh, they did see um, alien spaceships there. They did have that experience. That to me was the most fascinating, intriguing thing because if you can't trust the father of mission control, who can you trust? True. So for that tells me, you know, that yeah, that that, you know, just that just drives home my thought that there's a civilization on the moon. Absolutely. So what's next for you? I am writing a book. Oh my God, it is a bear. <laughs> it is the Earth's galactic history and its extraterrestrial connection. It is a companion book to, to this last one. And I'm very excited. Absolutely. How can people yeah. find you? Pardon me, I've lost my voice. Um, you know, if you're on Facebook, I have a Moon Mysteries page um, where I, I put uh, information about the moon on there. I also have a page called Constance Victoria Briggs, uh, you you can't miss it. Uh, it's not my per not my personal page, but the one with the uh, big sat the Saturn is on it. It's, uh -huh. You can't miss that one. Um, I'm trying to get up. I am on Instagram. I need to get that up and running. I'm not you know I haven't been paying, paying a lot of attention. I am on Twitter, trying to get that going better because I I've been so busy I haven't been able to. But they can go on either one of those two and, sure. and find me. Um, yeah. If you want, oh, my website, uh, ConstanceVictoriaBriggs.com, www. Okay. And you can uh, email me through that. Yeah. You can get the books on, get the books on Amazon. Uh, the publisher, Adventures in Limited Press, also has the book. Uh, those are the ancient alien people. David Hatcher Childress was the editor on this. I'm very proud of that. Because I just, you know, I, I have a great love for that publishing company and the Ancient Alien show and all of that. So <laughs> Fantastic. Constance, thank you so much. We'll have to get you on again with your, when you get done with your next book. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed meeting you and talking to you finally. Yes, finally.
All right, ma'am. Thank you so much and have a good rest of your, your evening. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye, Charlotte. Okay, that was Constance Victoria Briggs. Fascinating stuff. You know, if there are, you know, uh, aliens living on the moon or in the past have lived on the moon. Absolutely fascinating. Tomorrow night is Nancy Matt's night. It's Friday, so we're going to get our casual nights with Nancy. We're going to be talking about spiritual attachments, good and bad, and how they can affect your health and your well-being. So we're going to be talking about that tomorrow night. I want to thank Constance once more for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And I'm going to show you her information right at the very end like I usually do. Again, if you like what you see today, please be sure to hit the like button and follow, especially if you're over at Facebook or any of the other pages. And if you're at YouTube especially and you haven't done so yet, please subscribe. I'd really appreciate it. More subscribers the merrier, right? And hit those like buttons, okay? Uh, if, you, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We are equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. And uh, you can visit us. You can see we have over 500, more, more than 520 videos over at YouTube. And that's at youtube.com forward slash at California Haunts Radio. Anyway, I will see you tomorrow night at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. And uh, we'll be chatting with Nancy. So here's, here's her information and contact. Here we go. So your um, website is constancevictoriabriggs.com, all lowercase. And again, like she says, you, you can find her on Facebook on, on two or three different pages. And the books, The Moon's Galactic History. And then you've got Moon Mysteries, the Encyclopedia of Moon Mysteries, and the Encyclopedia of the Unseen World. The Encyclopedia of Angels, the Encyclopedia of God. And, of course, you can get those books at Amazon.com. And I'll see you guys tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, live. Have a good evening, everyone.